the Bible, you guys can stay standing because we are going to pray this prayer together and then read the scripture together and, and we'll go from there. But if you have a Bible, you can turn to Revelation chapter 3, verses 7 through 13. And if you guys will pray this with me and then I will read the scripture for us. Glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now and will be forever. Blessed are the readers hearers and keepers of this word and to the angel of the church of philadelphia write the words of the holy one the true one who has the key of david who opens and no one will shut who shuts and no one will open be i know your works behold i have set before you an open door which no one is able to shut I know that you have but little power, and yet you have kept my word and have not denied my name. Behold, I make those of the synagogue of Satan who say that they are Jews and are not, but lie. Behold, I will make them come and bow down before your feet, and they will learn that I have loved you. Because you have kept my word about patient endurance, I will keep you from the hour of trial that is coming on the world to try those who dwell on the earth. I am coming soon. Hold fast that uh, hold fast what you have so that no one may seize your crown. The one who conquers, I will make him a pillar in the temple of God. He shall never go out of it. And I will write on him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem, which comes down from my God out of heaven and my own new name. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. You guys may be seated. going to try and take it off the screen, but it's not a big deal. Okay. So I've been preaching for a while now. I thought about it this week. I've been preaching for, uh, Mo had seen some, shown some pictures of, uh, we used to actually do church in a bar. And I saw pictures of that this week where I was preaching and all the people were there. All the, all the families were trying to keep their young ones off the floor because the floor was disgusting. So it was a Sunday morning after a Saturday night, but used to do that. And one of the main themes I've had in preaching ever since I started is this theme of humility, this theme of humility, uh, humility before God and humility before others as well. And I find it a bit, bit ironic that I see this theme over scripture. Maybe it's just something that uh, God is working in my life and trying to work out. And as I've tried to live out scripture, I find humility to be difficult. I find humility to be difficult. There are moments that when I believe that Jesus and other people are greater myself, and then there are moments when I spend too much time in judgment, in my own thought, in my own um, assessment of the way things are. But here in Revelation, once again, and over and over, we see that there is a need for humility. This time Jesus uses a little bit different words. Jesus this time calls it little power. The truth is, um, I want to strive to have this little power, and I pray that we may as well. And I do this as life goes on because I see, uh, I like this idea of little power because I see how much little power I actually have. 
how much little influence is really there. It's very little. And it, it, it is a gift actually to realize this. It doesn't cause self-pity or discouragement, especially in a world that says, you know, use your influence. And I don't have a problem with that. We just need to understand that the influence that we have is a little power in comparison to what God has. For me, it's honest and refreshing to have Jesus say, I know you have a little power. Now, this is coming from Jesus, who Jesus has more than a little power. He has the keys and the ability to shut doors and keep them shut, to open doors and keep them open. And he has the ability to leave them the way that they are. And I love this because this scripture is clear that Jesus is the key holder of life all of life. Jesus is the key holder and it shows his power, his control, his dominion over all things. He is the key holder for all of life. He holds the keys of death and Hades. He holds those. He holds the keys over sin because he's conquered sin and death on the cross. He holds the keys that unlock grace for us unlock God's goodness and love into our lives. And if he opens those doors and wants to flood us with grace, no one can shut those doors. Jesus is the key holder of all of life. And we get to strive for the honesty that it takes to live as one of little power. And I think of it this way, when we realize the limits of our influence, when we realize and recognize where the real influence comes from, it will be helpful to those who desire to live a life of peace and peace in Christ. This will drive us to a life of prayer, knowing that it is prayer that makes things happen, where we, we get to plea and petition and submit ourselves to God. And we spent four and a half years learning that, right? So we don't need to go over that in greater detail. But this idea that he is the one who holds the keys and we have but a little power is just honest. This year has been the year uh, where little power has shown us, has shown us uh, or been on full focus. As the problems of this world have revealed themselves in different and I, I think more honest and acute ways, uh, we can feel powerless to help. Amen? Like we can feel powerless to do anything. That We can struggle to know um, what to do to help. To help others, to help ourselves, to help our world. And um, we, know, we know that we don't like the way that the world is. Amen? Like we don't like the way that the world is. And we want to help enact change. And we want it to be different. We want God's kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. We want, um, we want uh, this world to be free from greed and the hoarding of toilet paper. Amen. Remember that, uh, that back, it's back again, by the way, people are hoarding toilet paper once again. And so we want to be free from that. We want to be free from the ravaging effects of a global pandemic. The confusion that comes with it, the politics that come with it, the uh, should I vaccine or not vaccine that should go with it, and all that is in there. We want to be free from it, let alone the sickness that it causes us, let alone the death that it causes us in, it causes in this world. 
And, and, and we want to be free also from the confusion that comes from politics. Amen? Can we just say amen to that? We want to be free from that. For we want to be free from the hatred that is based on somebody's skin color or ethnic makeup. We want to be free from this. To the injustice, we want to be free from the injustice of those who don't have a voice. And then as I look around and I see all these things that have really come to the surface this year, I feel like when Jesus says we have little power, that this is so accurate. This is so accurate. And I, I wish, I think of it like this, oh my God, I wish that there was something I can do. Their wish that there was something that I could do where I felt like I was making a real and lasting impact. I wish I held the keys to racism so that I could lock up this evil and throw it away from ever, forever. I wish I could take the keys of death and decay and disease and pandemics and lock it away forever and ever, and I would think that I would be doing amazing work. If I could take the greed that is in my own heart and the greed that is in my community and put those behind a locked door so that they can never get out and we could live with more unity, I believe that I would try to do that if I actually could. But I feel like I have very little power. Even when I use my voice, even when I use my voice, it feels useless. It feels useless. It feels like it doesn't make the impact that I would like it to make. It feels like the heart change that I want in people, uh, my voice can't actually enact heart change. I know I'm a pastor and that may surprise you, but it can't. <laughs> that was for Karina. That was, I knew you'd like that. I knew you'd like that joke. So Jesus is the key holder. He can enact change, the changes that we desire, and I believe that He is. It is far slower than we want. It is far deeper than we can know. But Jesus, in His patience, He is being patient so that more might repent from their ways. More might follow Him. And in repentance, we can lead the way as we learned last week. We can repent. We can be the change that we want to see in this world. And if I was to take away these things, or you were to take away these things and lock them up, we would only be able to do moral actions. We would not be able to enact heart change, and therefore the changes won't last. I'd want to stop it now, and I believe that Jesus wants us to change now too. That's why he's always inviting us into his presence. And in his presence, in the glory of his light, we can see the goodness that comes of that. And it doesn't just change our immoral actions. It changes those, but it also changes our very motivations, our heart and that desires him. Grace that Jesus gives us through His cross, through His broken body and His shed blood comes in and it's changing us. It's something that we don't deserve and Jesus doesn't force it on us, but He offers it to us so it can come and shape us and lead us and guide our actions. And grace, by the fact that you can't earn it, shows that we have little power in things of salvation as, as well. And when we realize our limits, and when we walk those out, we are going to um, help ourselves out and be less frustrated by the lack of change. 
and I believe more motivated to see change at the same time. I would love to be more motivated to see change and less frustrated by the lack of it. And as we walk step by step with Jesus, realizing that he holds the keys, and since he holds them, we hold on to Jesus. We trust him. We walk with him. We endure with him, keeping his word and not denying Jesus' name and his works in our lives. And I'll say this, we can be tempted by that. We can get temp- be tempted to hold on through, uh, uh, through this, uh, we can be tempted to not hold on through the temptations that this world has to offer us. Tempted to not watch Jesus work. And here is this. There are those who can't or won't admit that they don't have little power. In fact, this whole world is trying to tell us that we have the power. We can enact change. And I believe the Holy Spirit can use us to do that. But real lasting change comes from Jesus. There are those who believe that they can force change upon another person. And when this is the church, we can see from history the evils that this can bring when people use the name of Jesus to try and gain glory for themselves or their organization. Churches in their need for power and influence have committed many a sin. Amen? Their power grabbing and then justifying it, uh, justification of that power grabbing, that, oh, this is for Jesus. All things are for Jesus. It's gross and it's disgusting. I've seen synagogues of Satan in our day and age. I've seen ones that that um, who are denying the power of God by claiming that they have the power in themselves or the powers in their skills or the power in their marketing or the power in their building or the power in their programs. Some of these churches do great and even admirable things. But when they are serving their own kingdom and their own glory over against the kingdom of God and his glory, it's a real problem. Jesus is the one who has the keys to enact and impact real change, change that lasts. Human influence will only last a little bit, and we get to be honest with this. But Jesus, and when we're honest with it, Jesus can use us by the power of his Holy Spirit to speak words of life because we're following Jesus and they're Jesus' words. I believe the synagogue of Satan that is mentioned here are sometimes, uh, not in totality, but in part, are those churches who claim the power and the glory for themselves. The churches who lift up themselves and say, look, look at what we did. Look at, look at how good we are. Those who falsely say, but, you know, we're doing it all for Jesus when their internal motivation is for themselves. Those who have not given Jesus the full glory due his name, but they have stole it for themselves. And we get to be humble and not deny, not steal the names or the works of Jesus. We get to give him all the glory and we get to strive to not deny that all is grace. All of life that we live is grace. And we are going to attempt to live out of that grace rather than our, in our own powers. The, Jesus, the reason why Jesus will make those bow down who know that they have uh, bowed down to those who ha- know that they have little power is that those who know that they have little power have not denied Jesus in their life. 
They've not denied the grace that Jesus gives. They've not denied the work that Jesus is doing. They've given Jesus the credit for all of it. Because it is because Jesus wants to show those who love themselves what real love can look like. You don't serve yourself. You serve one that is greater, just as Jesus did. Jesus loved us, and we live out of that love. We live because we are beloved. We live out of the love for Jesus, not for the love that we have for ourselves. We have little power, and Jesus is all-powerful. So we walk with him. I pray for us as a church, Grace and Mercy Church, this little this little church here in Everett, I pray that we may continue to grow in little power. What I mean by that is that we may be humble. When I read and I prayed and I studied this week, I wasn't discouraged. I wasn't discouraged. I was encouraged because we have little power. And this is so evident at our church. This is so evident at our church. The work is not our work. It's Jesus' work. The glory is not our glory. It is Jesus' glory. There have been too many things that have happened at this church that have been out of control uh, of anyone's control for us to claim any power in it or any great decisions that we've made. There have been too many areas that we've been able to see God at work where we don't have a hand in it other than just showing up, other than just being there and watching God do this thing. It is evident that we have a very little power. Yet, yet, we keep serving, we keep meeting, we keep giving, we keep following Jesus. The fact that this work is not our work, the fact that I have no idea what I'm doing, the fact that this work is Jesus' work, leads us to the place where we pray, we trust, and we watch Jesus keep showing up. And we do this one step at a time. We do this not so that we may gain anything, but because we are beloved of Christ. We keep meeting because Jesus keeps meeting with us. We keep seeing this over and over and over again. We haven't denied his name and he hasn't denied us either. We've um, tried to follow and uh, none of us have done this perfectly. Amen. None of us, uh, some of us, don't even do it well at times, myself included, but we keep walking with Jesus. We keep striving with Jesus. I would say that it, say it this way. We keep trying. We keep trying. No matter what happens, we just keep trying. And when I say we, I mean each and every one of us as individuals, the adults, the kids, whether you're online or you're in person, it doesn't matter. We keep striving to walk with Jesus. We want Jesus to work in our lives. We want to give him the glory instead of taking it for ourselves. This is our goal, and this is what we're working towards. And the fact that we have little power, this is an encouragement to us. That means power keeps coming from Jesus, and he keeps showing up. And one day soon, Jesus will show up in the fullness of his kingdom, and his kingdom will be fully realized. And those who held on to Jesus the entire time will get rewards. That is not our motivation, but we do get rewards. Trials will come, and trials will go. Whether life, um, 
the weathers of life may change in different seasons, but we get to hold on and trust the work that Jesus is doing in us and through us and for us. And I pray for us this week. I pray that we won't let anyone or anything seize our crown. That we don't let anyone or anything seize this crown. That we can endure, that we can hold on, that we can hold fast to our joy, even if it's fleeting. We try and cling to it. Hold fast to our hope, even though hope is a difficult task. We can hold fast to God's love for us. Hold fast to the fact that Jesus has given us his grace. Hold fast to this idea that God has forgiven us because of Jesus' blood spilled for us. These are given to us by Jesus and we get to hold fast to them. We just sung, when Satan tempts me to despair and tells me of the grace, the guilt within, I look to the crown that Jesus has purchased for me with his blood and I will hold fast to his grace. When the world comes at at us and it tells us that we're not worthy, that we're not good, that, oh, didn't you see that sin that you committed? You're not living up to the standard that the, that, by the way, that they think the Bible says about us, not that they actually understand the Bible, but we don't anyway, so it's okay. So we don't live up to the standards that the Bible tells us. When they try and seize the crown of grace that God has given to us, that God has given to us through his death, burial, and resurrection, we get to hold fast. We get to point to grace and we know the fact that it's undeserved. And we stay tight and tethered to grace. But then, on the flip side of that coin, when the world says, you are good, The works that you are doing are so good. I love them. I think they're amazing. And and they think that, oh, you know what? You got this. You guys are just fantastic. You know what we do? We hold on fast to grace once again because without Jesus, we don't got this. Amen? Without Jesus, we don't have this. We need him. We need his grace. We want his grace. And we don't mind giving him the credit because he is the one who earned this crown for us. And we get to hold fast. Remember, the work is not ours. And since the work is not ours, neither is the glory. I think this, we say this every week. We sing this every week. Praise God from whom all all blessings flow. So we get to hold on. Or let me put it this way. Let me put it in another way. We get to keep showing up. And we show up because Jesus shows up. And we get to watch Jesus work in and through our lives and, in the, and through the lives of others. If you show up, Jesus will work. He does work. Maybe not as fast as you want. Maybe not the way you were expecting him to, but we get to keep showing up. We get to keep showing up without having any power, with having this little power. And in that, we're not denying his name or his grace and the work that he will put in our lives. The rewards here given in this scripture are, are plenty. We will be a pillar in the temple of God. He will ensure that we are there forever. His name will be inscribed on us by the work of Jesus. So will the city of God be inscribed upon us and the new Jerusalem and the the new name of Jesus will be inscribed on us. 
we get to hold on. Jesus knows that we have little power and yet he's still asked us to hold on and he gives us the strength to even do that. Through Though our little power, it, it, it doesn't, um, uh, even though it may look like little power doesn't change much, over time and with endurance, it will. And I'll, I'm going to leave us with this. One of the greatest influences in my life the last six years has been Tyrone McMorris. And I've shared this with you guys many times, but it bears repeating here. He isn't a flashy guy. He isn't out there making a big name for himself. He isn't the world's most uh, prolific mover and shaker. He's not very fast. He doesn't ever ask for influence. But you know what he does? He keeps showing up. And he's done that on Casino Road for over 20 years. He just keeps showing up. He doesn't pretend to know what he's doing. In fact, I've served on his board. And it's amazing how much he believes he doesn't know. He has little power. Except for the fact that he shows up and he allows Jesus to work in and through his life. and, And allows these kids that he's ministering to minister Christ to him as well. And it's a beautiful thing to see this little power played out. I believe it's a prophetic thing to let this power played out. There is something to showing up each and every week. There is something to holding fast over time and having endurance. So I pray for us that we may endure. That we may keep showing up. The fact that we... uh, that we last, the fact that we last through all the trials is a testimony to Jesus' grace and his work. And may he get all the glory and may we steal none of it. And may Jesus do this work in us. So Jesus, we have little power. You know it, allow us to know it. Allow us even in that little power to not Deny your name, but hold fast to it. Lord, I pray that you do come soon. In Jesus' name, amen.